Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts this week. Laura Nash, how you doing, Laura? Having an Arnold Palmer because it's thematic. Oh, nice. That is spot on. And Nate Heininger, how are you doing, Nate? Uh, jealous. I worked at a restaurant for a long time, and I made those like every single day, drinking an Arnold Palmer. Uh, I just have a beer. Uh, which is good, and I've been—I haven't been on the last couple episodes, so I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I missed last episode too, so uh, both of us glad to be back. And this mm-hmm. week we're talking about a game that uh, is of a genre that is near and dear to my heart, and I've been wanting to talk about on this show for a long time. So I'm really excited to talk about Golf Story uh, this week. Golf Story, if you uh, happen to miss it, was one of the first sort of, I guess, high-profile indie releases for the Nintendo Switch. It's still a Nintendo Switch exclusive, and it is a golf RPG from 2017 by Sidebar Games. And it is delightful. Yeah, it is a very weird little game. Um, I, I grabbed a quote from Kotaku where they called it almost the Seinfeld of video games because they said they were hanging out and that any second they could just, you know, be asked to hit a ball into a whale's blowhole. And if that sounds like a game you might want to play, <laughs> welcome to Golf Story. It's it's the only, it's got, it is the least amount of golf in a game that has golf in its name of any golf game I, I've I ever played. I beg to differ, balls. because this is a game in which you do almost nothing but golf. It's just with the most expansive possible definition of the word golf. <laughs> Actually doing nine holes of continuous golf on an actual course is a very surprisingly small part of this game. Yeah. <laughs> but you're always golfing. If you define having something that you're striking with a, a uh, usually a golf club, uh, then yeah. That if you define that as golf, then sure, this game is ripe with golf. If yes. you define golf as yeah, playing nine holes or 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 you know, God forbid, eighteen holes, this is not. This is very very rare <laughs> I mean, in this game. Reagan, Shane, and I used to be on an Odyssey of the Mind team, and you used to sit in a circle and try to come up with as many you know answers to a question someone posed, and it's as if the game designers were like, "How many different things can you do with a club?" Go and they just did that for ten minutes and put them all in the game. That's Every one of those things. There's no problem in this world that cannot be solved by either hitting it with a golf club, or hitting it with a golf ball, or some combination of things that involves objects roughly the shape and size of golf balls. Like everything is a golf problem, and that's really a fun thing. It's very whimsical to to see it. So. Before we dig too much into like the specifics of this game, I thought it might be fun and also interesting to talk a little bit about our individual histories with golf and maybe also with golf games. I don't have a long history um, or or like a, a deep history of golf and golf games, though I did play uh, Mario Golf a ton when it was out uh, at the time of Mario Golf being mm, released. Which version? Great question. One I don't have an answer what, to. What console was it on? Nintendo 64. Ah, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a really cool game. Yeah. I did okay, not have yeah, a I forgot there's there's various of, in my mind there's one and it's the Nintendo 64 one. I think that was right. the one that was just called Mario Golf. Usually yeah, they have so, some subtitle or exactly, or, you know, so addendum. I have played Mario Golf. Uh, and I am excited about the Switch one. I think Aces is what it's called. That's the that's, tennis. That's Mario Tennis. Oh, dang it. 
I get those mixed up because I also I, I do too because they're both from Camelot. I'll talk about that yeah. in a sec, but like yeah, there's those both of those series are fantastic. They are, and I played them all around the same time, uh, at least in my vague Nintendo memory. Uh, anyway, I played a bunch of Nintendo 64 Mario Golf, and I also played a ton of the very first Tiger Woods Golf, um, which I got really, really into. Now, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I just know that I got really into like um, choosing the type of clubs you had, like, like leveling. It's not leveling up in that game. You would earn more money by winning tournaments and buying better and better gear. And I got really, really into it and played a ton of the first Tiger Woods Golf. I did not stick with the series at all. That's the only one I played, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and as far as real life golf goes, my dad and my brother love it. And I went like three times when I was a kid, but I like cannot track the ball after I hit it. So it would just be this like vague game where I'd like hit it and then be like, where did it go? And someone would be like, <laughs> oh, over there in the trees. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Uh, and <laughs> that's been about the, ex- and I haven't gone golfing in like 15 years. So that's the extent of my golf experience. Yeah. I didn't even make it to actually golfing when I was supposed to learn because my sister and I drove the golf cart into a tree stump, so we weren't allowed to play anymore. We had to leave. So I never actually learned. Um, I was invited to a golf event at a work outing, and my husband and I got into a car and went mini-golfing instead. So (laughs) that's about my experience with golf. I used to watch it a lot in high school uh, when I had insomnia and I needed to sleep. Um, (laughs) But... I find golf games pretty soothing. I don't play them very often. Um, I usually played like fishing games instead, but weirdly they have the same mechanics. <laughs> kind of true. I was, yeah. It's the same mechanic. It's the same mechanics, the same rhythm of like aim, throw, you know, different spinners, different bobbers. It's very similar. So I was surprised how much those two genres aligned considering I've Unless never you actually have one played of those. a golf game. No, Unless I don't have- actually have attachments to really. <laughs> I have actual fishing poles. I don't have virtual fishing poles. I was the listeners can't see, but I'm trying to mimic with my hands. Uh, there were those like really yeah, the, the like Dreamcast uh, like <laughs> yeah. fishing controller. I really want one of those. Or there were even. I, I have to totally amend my. Uh, uh, well, this is fishing games, not <laughs> golfing games. But I had one of those. It was a standalone fishing game. The whole thing was encapsulated in this one little in the rod in mm. the rod, and it had a little screen on it, and you would like whip it, and then you would reel on the game if you got one. Uh, so there's that. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we golf. Oh yeah, I forgot, yeah. I forgot about. Yeah, I must have played a. I mean, I must have played hours and hours of we golf or Wii sports in, within golf. the yeah. we sports. Yeah, the we sports package. Yeah. Well, my background with golf itself is you know, limited to like one mostly embarrassing experience where I, uh, a distant Italian cousin was visiting us and was like insisted on going golfing. Cause he was like a big golfer. Uh, and we tried to warn him that our city didn't have any good golf courses, uh, cause this was in Houston. And, um, but he insisted. And so we went to this crummy golf course and like, uh, yeah, I forget what park it's in, but there's a crummy golf course in Houston and you can go play crummy golf there. And, and we <laughs> tried and, uh, I, I was a complete failure and and shamed in front of my my relative. And so I didn't even think about golf for years after that. That must have been in like early high school or something. So 
I, I didn't really play golf games as a kid at all. They just seemed absurd and boring. And I mean, you know, I was I was super not interested in sports and also super not interested in sports games. Um, but all that eventually changed for me later on when I, I, you know, I was looking for things to play on the Game Boy Advance. This was sort of in that era when that was still kind of, kind of, you know, a, a dominant handheld. And uh, the Mario Tennis and Mario Golf series were really big then. And that was when, um, I don't know when Camelot took over the series, the developer, but they make those even today. And they are phenomenal games. And I think the GBA versions of both of those games are pretty much the best they got. And so Mario Golf Advanced Tour was probably the first golf game I really fell in love with. And uh, it's actually, it, it, it must be the number one uh, thing that Golf Story is taking its inspiration from. Because it's got, like the Mario Golf series uh, as a whole, it's got this sort of whimsy to it. Uh, it takes place in a world where literally everyone cares about golf and no one doesn't care about golf all of the time. And <laughs> it's an RPG. You've you know got a character that you're leveling up and buying stuff and uh, and increasing your stats and so on. So uh, Golf Story and Mario Golf Advance Tour have a ton in common. Golf Story just takes the whimsy up even a few notches from there or several notches. Um, but since then, I've gotten really... I wouldn't say exactly obsessed with golf games, but they've definitely become something that I'm always looking for and always trying to find good ones. And and uh, I'm just really interested in golf games because they, they, are, they fit a really interesting place in my sort of video game life. I like to wind down with golf games after playing other games or sometimes before. Uh, so, you know, I'll play some Monster Hunter and then switch over to everybody's golf uh, and play, you know, nine holes. And I don't usually get very far with them because I'm just playing them in very short spurts, but they're a great way to sort of like wind down from other games. Which is actually we need to bring up because that's something why we chose this game. It's actual it's completion time is a little bit longer than games that we normally do. Um, Still not long, but I've seen most estimates around 15 hours. Pretty darn short for an RPG. Exactly. And like any good RPG uh, you know, there's a lot to do in the game, so your mileage may vary depending on how much you decide to do side quests or just like uh, just go for the main story. But it's a little longer than we normally do, but we thought that it fit in our sort of theme um, for kind of a lot of reasons. One of which is, you know, the way Reagan and I, I share the same sort of uh, thing golf games you don't I don't sit in like I'm not it's not like a six hour session of playing golf story it's like a nice soothing half hour or hour um, but also this game absolutely respects your time by giving you an insanely varied amount of things that you're doing every little session that you play so a little bit longer than we normally do but absolutely fits what we're looking for uh, in a game yeah before we recorded I mentioned that I've been feeling particularly anxious, but not being incredibly busy. So I played a lot more golf story than everyone else because I would put on a podcast or something, sit there, play a bunch of golf story. And it was very, very calming. So I think you know, it definitely fit into my life this week. I don't think I would have gotten quite as far another week, but I, I don't think that the game's not about completion. Yeah, although like a lot of other you know, RPGs. Although probably more so than some golf games, since there is an actual story mode. A lot of golf games don't have one. Um, so I want to before we dive into talking about the details of the mechanics of uh, golf story, I want to have a little 
Reagan's golf game history corner. So forgive me while I talk about this for a second. I just find it really interesting. If this isn't interesting to you, maybe skip forward a couple of minutes. But I wanted to talk a little bit about just the history of golf games as a genre and as a as a thing. Yeah, and- we we actually have on our outline Reagan wants to talk about golf games and golf game history. So, yes. So here we are. A warning that says don't talk too long, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So so basically, golf has been a you know a a, a very um, there have been golf video games as long as there have been video games. You know, pong. Uh, uh, going all the way back to games like you know these uh, not dedicated console type things with Pong, they would have things that were vague approximations of golf, but all of them sucked <laughs> a ton. Here we go back to tennis. Pong is is a tennis game, not right? A right. Golf no, I'm not game. sorry. I'm not saying that Pong is a golf game. Pong <laughs> is a tennis game, absolutely. But I mean that like in that era, like if you went to Sears and you bought like a Magnavox Odyssey or something like that with no interchangeable cartridges. Uh, it would have a golf approximation on it, but they gotcha. all universally sucked because they were essentially like crappier versions of Pong. Um, How were their fishing simulations? Probably better than the than the golf, could, <laughs> to be honest, because all you yeah. really need for fishing is like patience and then hit a button. Um, True. <laughs> well, that's doing disservice to Biggs the Cat. But um, <laughs> golf games really <laughs> – became what they are today really early with NES Golf or, you know, Golf for the Nintendo NES or the Famicom. Um, we're talking, I think that came out in um, 1984 in Japan and uh, 85 in the US. It was a launch game on the uh, American NES. And the crazy thing about this is that, like, most of the games that came out on the NES were uh, arcade ports or or sort of redos of existing game ideas that had existed in other ways on other systems. The NES golf game was revolutionary because it, uh, you know, most other golf games, you had to do some kind of weird analog thing to swing a club uh, with, with what it, what approximates, you know, like a D pad in those days, uh, like the Atari, you know, you'd swing a little, uh, little controller or what have you. The NES golf game introduced the power meter bar, which became absolutely like, in, instantly became the standard for all golf games since essentially, uh, except for maybe weird games like Wii Golf or games that where you are using like Golden Tee, where you're doing a physical thing with a trackball. So the NES golf game introduced basically a modern golf game out of nowhere and everything is imitated at sense in 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 a pretty big way. It, it, you know, it had the power meter that resembles what we see in most golf games today. It had um, selection of clubs that would affect your distance. Uh, it had uh, this the sort of standard uh, sort of metrics of a of a course, things like uh, wind and slope that affect your ball travel. All the sorts of stuff that we expect in a golf game today was set by that template in NES Golf. And it's an interesting game from a historical perspective, too, because it was not just hugely influential. It was coded by Satoru Iwata, who later became the president of Nintendo. Um, and it's something that, that Nintendo seems to be very proud of. They go back to it all the time. Uh, they reference it a lot. The Wii Sports Golf game, 50% of the courses in that were NES golf courses updated to the Wii Sports Golf, you know, layout. They continue to reference that NES golf game a lot. Actually, just recently, um, uh, if you followed the, the early days of sort of switch hacking, uh, early switch hackers realized that there was a uh, Im- embedded emulator on the original Switch firmware called Flog, and it was an NES emulator with a copy of NES Golf, 
embedded in the Nintendo Switch firmware. Somebody found it on accident, went online, and then like RAM or uh, like that, uh, people who were able to get into the files and whatnot figured out where it was saved. But it was actually more of an Easter egg that was only uncovered by doing a very specific set of things. On a specific date, too. It had to be, I think it was like a Satoru Iwata's birthday or something like that. Yeah, and you had to like have it on a certain screen and accident. And and I don't, this could be way wrong. And I know we have the internet right in front of us, but it was something like you had to, you had to do like a, almost like a golf swing with it. It would, yeah, use the, something like that. Would, you had to like detach and reattach a joy con and then swing it or something. And yeah. swing it. And someone figured it out on accident because they just happened to do those things. And they were like, how, why am I playing golf now on my switch? <laughs> and they went online and then, you know, it was, it was discovered and it went all over the internet. Cause it was a, a really cool tribute uh, to a lot who had, you know, passed away. Not that long uh before that yeah so and it's it's awesome. still a great game today but it's also like pretty clearly the antecedent of the mario golf series you know nintendo went back to that golf formula several times and eventually it became the mario golf series um which was taken over by uh, the developers camelot but camelot's essentially like a not quite first but almost first party nintendo developer um and uh, those games are great. They started adding on fun stuff to the games to make them more whimsical in keeping with the Mario franchise. Things like adding, um, you know, different but different games have treated that in different ways. Some of them go more RPG like the like the one that I love on the on the Game Boy Advance. Some of them um, there's a, a pretty good one for the uh, 3DS that just sort of sets golf in the Mario Kingdom. So you have things like power blocks you can hit with your ball, golf balls, that kind of thing. It still has very light RPG stuff, but not a ton. Um, but basically, the Mario Golf series is is what these developers are really trying to imitate with Golf Story. And it's been a little while since there's been a really good Mario Golf game. I mean, obviously, there's, there's other golf series out there. Uh, if you want to play a golf game and you have a device that can play electronic games, you can probably get a good golf game for it. Um, I'm a big fan of the Everybody's Golf game, uh, or which is sort of the... Uh, the newest in the Hot Shots Golf series, but they've renamed it. Um, it's on the the uh, PS4, and it's pretty good. Um, there's still they're still making EA is still occasionally making games in the PGA Tour series that are sort of sequels to the Tiger Woods series of games that you liked, Nate. But now they're um, they Tiger Woods is no longer on the on the label. I think hmm. the, the most recent one is Rory uh, Rory McIlroy's PGA Tour, and it's good too. I've got that one and like it quite a bit. Yeah, um, I wonder why they dropped Tiger Woods from the cover. Well, he's, <laughs> I don't know. Mm, <laughs> um, mystery indeed. Yeah. Rory's good too. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, golf games are something like I consistently go back to when I just want something to chill out with and they're available on everything. Uh, not all of them are good, but the Mario Golf series has been a consistent through line of quality and they're ha- and also of whimsy, which you don't always find. Like, there's not much whimsical about Rory McIlroy PGA Tour. Um, <laughs> it's hard to find good whimsy in games anyway. Yeah, and that's um, what I like about golf games. I like, yeah. I don't like the sport of golf. I'm not interested in the minutia of the sport of golf. I'm interested in the game of golf on a computer. I mean, plenty of realistic games are just focused on being realism. I mean, mm-hmm. let's. there's plenty of racing games that are about getting the exact right cars, the exact right yeah. every, you know, snowboarding, you name the sport, there is a simulator that is 100% accurate. But this is like 
playing one of those really, really, really realistic flight simulators. Not what this is. This is like flight simulator on the iPad where you're drawing little lines with your finger. <laughs> yeah. And occasionally, <laughs> like, you can land on a boat. Like, that's what Golf Story is. Yeah. And it's also, like, a really well-timed release. I think these developers kind of lucked out because this is the first game that I've ever heard of from them. Apparently, they, they are... Uh, two guys from Queensland, Australia, who decided that they wanted to make a golf game because they loved golf games and the Mario golf games in particular, and there hadn't been one in a while. Um, and as far as we know, there's still not one coming out. There, there's a Mario tennis game coming out soon that Nate mentioned, but um, there's been sort of a lull in the Mario golf series. And so they were like, let's make our own game in the Mario golf sort of vibe. And they really have nailed, well, what I like about that series. Yeah, it almost it almost makes you think Nintendo was like, because, you know, Nintendo hyped this. Um, they did. It yeah. almost makes you think like Nintendo was like, hey, w- we don't have plans for a golf RPG right now. Like, <laughs> get this one. Because Nintendo is notoriously proprietary. And so if Nintendo had a uh, a golf game in the works, I feel like they would not have been as pro uh, golf story as they were. Yeah, you know? it seems so. like they really were very pro golf story. They were very, it's like this game was originally planned as a Wii U game and later shifted to Switch. So like bullet dodged there. Um, and, but it's always been intended as a Nintendo exclusive. Um, and they apparently worked very closely with Nintendo. Uh, I, I read that uh, the new incoming president of Nintendo, uh, where's his name? What was it again? Um, Shintaro Furukawa. Uh, he said that this was his favorite recent game, which, I mean, mm. at the very least means that people at Nintendo at the very highest levels are interested in this game um, in more than just a like, oh, good, one more thing for our our, our Switch it's launch lineup. Yeah, this in a way kind of reminds me of um, Sega and their handling of like Sonic Mania. Um, you know, it's not exactly the same because they straight up let them use like proprietary characters, but it is, uh, you know, a major publisher, uh, a major publisher embracing people who are fans of their previous work and sort of lifting them up to a major platform and letting them put out a game that, uh, carries on what they did in the past, uh, which is an I hope is a trend and I would love to see it get to continue to go forward. Yeah. And also just from the, from the sidebar game side, like a really impressive game for what seems to be the first outing for this development studio. And, um, and, you know, I'm sure these guys have done other stuff before this, but like really impressive work for a two person dev team. Yeah. It's so I obviously, and I have not played the Mario games, um, beyond Mario Golf and Nintendo 64, but there, this isn't like a ripoff no. of of those games. It's more like a continuation and their own spin and their own wacky story. And it there's nothing that's like, oh, you could just swap this main character out with Mario and it would be the same game. Like it is, it is a truly unique set of circumstances and uh, and I and I guess plot and gameplay. Uh, it's just the golf and like the the feel of it is pretty similar to the Mario games. Yeah. So let's talk about that wacky story. Um, I mean, we don't need to summarize it here, but like, this is such a, it contains multitudes. There is no summarizing. (laughs) Yeah. Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) So much so that we're not even going to do a spoiler break. 
we're just going to talk about some of the the wacky sort of situations that you get in and sort of a big overview of sort of like the plot, I guess. But, um, you know, we're going to spoil to degree some like of the little challenges that you run into. But it uh, even if you know what's coming to a degree, it's still wacky and fun. So, yeah, no I mean, I guess the, the the like uh, bird's eye view of the plot is you are a guy who maybe isn't very good at golf, but wants to be. And he lives in a world that consists entirely of eight golf courses. <laughs> and you go to a golf course and you try to get a coach to like coach you and you have to convince him. And eventually you start becoming better as a golfer and you visit all eight of the golf courses. That's the story. Well, no, let's be fair. You had a, uh, you know, you, your your dad was really into yeah. golf. So there's there's something about your dad. And also you seemingly Some left Some Westworldly your, backstory. You might have left your <laughs> wife or girlfriend to pursue your uh, your golf she shows up. Uh, yeah. Well, spoilers. <laughs> she shows up. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Excellent. Um, That's about it. I think it, it, there's some weird, like, daddy issues involved in the plot. But I still, I mean, I'm quite far in and I still haven't quite figured it out. But it's the kind of game that lulls you into thinking you're playing a normal game for a while because you'll be, you know, hitting balls with your dad. And it's like, someday you'll be a good golfer. And then there's just a bunch of geese that run onto the course. And he's like, you got to learn about the geese. You got to <laughs> learn to, like, avoid the geese. Like, just. Yeah, you know, and every good golfer knows that. You got to avoid you, the geese. There are going to be times where a, a child is going to run onto the green and he's going to be chased in a uh, consistent pattern around the green by a flock of geese. And you're going to have to learn to putt perfectly in between those geese. It's just a way of life. It's just it's how, how golf, golf is. It's how golf mm-hmm. is. And like the um, courses are infested with all sorts of wildlife that will do horrible things to your ball. Mm-hmm. All, so all of the courses are themed. Moles. I don't know if we really yeah. mentioned that, but I, I loved that about this game. Each course uh, has a different theme. You start off in what uh, in well-worn Grove, which is I mean, it's it's probably the least heavily themed of any of them. It's just sort of a rundown golf course theme. Um, but every other course, I mean, the second <laughs> course you visit is caveman themed. <laughs> there, no, hold on. It's not caveman themed. They, they are, are literally they are literally cavemen. <laughs> it's, and there's a it's difference. It's not like there. you go to a mini golf course with a caveman theme. It's like, oh, this area is just this run by is, cavemen. This is where the this cavemen a, play golf. <laughs> this is a caveman area, not a caveman themed golf course. And uh, one of the later courses that you guys have to look forward to is. Um, it's called Oak Manor, but it's actually the Halloweeny spooky course, and it's Ooh. not only haunted it is both run by ghosts and possessed by evil statues nice of course again i've been golfing i know how this works of course (laughs) and maybe they tell you you gotta smash some jack-o'-lanterns with your uh not your puddle jumper but your your um sand digger you get something from an archaeologist. It's a very complicated plot. I don't know anything about actual golf. It's so not required to like or be interested in actual golf for this game to be charming and fun. Like even even the golf mechanics, which are, you know, that you could play a very straight up golf game that uses essentially these same mechanics, although probably a little more simulation-y. But like you could you you could easily transplant these mechanics to a much more serious game, but the sort of jokey, fun, uh, you know, fantastical tone 
just elevates that golf game to something that I think will make it more approachable to people who aren't interested in the sport of golf. I, the, the mechanics are good enough that when you're when you happen to actually find yourself on a course and it's not covered in like moles that if you hit the ball to a certain area, they'll grab your ball and run away with it. Uh, it feels like a normal golf game, you know, um, and it, it feels it, fair. Yeah. yeah, it feels right. And like, it's kind of I, I thought it was fun. I thought um, the mechanics were complex enough that I could like actually feel like I was like, yeah, I did good on that shot. Uh, but they were simple enough where. You know, it, it, it didn't require like expertise. Uh, maybe um, we should just sort of. So I, I'm guessing that probably at least some of our listeners aren't golf game players. So I'm going to give a little like brief description of the mechanics, even though these mechanics are basically the same mechanics you'll probably have already seen in other games like Mario Golf if you've played those. But basically, um, you know, on the golf course, you have a bird's eye view. Um, actually, that's one distinction I should probably make here. Almost every golf game that I've played, particularly Mario Golf games, switches between a bird's eye view of the course uh, in 2D and a sort of 3D-esque view of the course from behind the golfer when hitting. Um or every 3D golf game has that, and practically every 2D golf game I've ever played, even if you look at uh, at NES golf all the way back that far, you you had a view of behind your golfer when hitting the ball. And this game doesn't do that. It's entirely top-down, which is an unusual choice and kind of threw me off a little bit at first. Um, but it's uh, apart from that, it's going to play just like those other games. So you've got a power meter. Uh, when you go to hit the ball, obviously you're going to aim your, you know, your, your line of, of, of where you're driving the ball, uh, with a little visual line on the overview of the golf course. And you're going to pick a club that'll determine how far you're likely to hit the ball. Um, and then you've got a little power meter and it's this sort of three clicks style of golf, uh, golf games, which means that you hit the button once to start the little slider going across the power meter. You hit it again to stop it or rather to reverse it to like set the point which would be the maximum of your swing you're basically setting the power of your swing and then that little power meter uh, slider starts going back the other way and you have to hit it again to kind of stop it at the beginning of the of the like power meter again uh, which sort of marks the control of your swing so the first click just starts it second click sets the power of your swing and the distance and the third click sets the amount of control you had over that swing um and uh, that's it. That's the whole uh, system. There's little refinements on that. So you've got a, a a feature where you can set the point of contact for where your club strikes the ball. So you can do things like add backspin to the ball or, um, or, uh, or arc it slightly to the sides with that feature. Um, and also there's a precision mode. And this is something that not every golf game has, um, but it's, and I actually don't think most of the Mario golf games have this, but it's a nice sort of, um, it makes certain things a lot easier to visualize. The precision mode basically lets you uh, uh, shorten your swing somewhat by like kind of uh, seeing, uh, try, trying to like undershoot your swing. And then it'll mark a place on the power meter for you so that you'll know where you would need to hit if you were trying to hit it less than the full length of your swing. I use that on almost every single shot. And yeah. it it shows you where the ball will hit the f- roughly the first time. It'll still bounce 
and go. Yeah. So there's still some work involved of prediction. And you have to look at wind and slope. But it's saying, like, I think that this is about where I want to hit. And I used it on almost every single shot I made in the yeah. entire game. Same. And also, I want to say, Reagan, I think the reason why they never do anything behind you is because they're, this is the only golf game that I've ever played that has stuff that is running around on the field and you need to be able to see it and time your shot so that you are hitting and not hitting things. That is an excellent point. You're right. You know, you, you might be, you probably very often not be able to see some important detail sort of down course if you weren't, um, if it wasn't top down. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, Mario golf, at least the, uh, the 2d ones like the, the GBA one, which is my favorite, um, lets you switch between those two views. And I would have appreciated a behind the golfer view. Um, yeah. but mainly just because it's what I'm used to seeing, not necessarily because there's some information that I'm not getting by not having that view. It's just, I kind of miss it. You just want to see that sweet swing. I do. You know, you know you I'd like to see sure. that swing. You want to make sure he's keeping his eye on the ball. You know, you want to see that follow through. I get it. Like you, I'm a, I'm a, I understand and, and know how golf works. <laughs> and as someone who does not know how golf works to me, it was almost like I kept thinking, oh, I think this is how an archery simulator would feel. I think you're right. Well, yeah. Well, that's, it's funny when you were, Reagan, when you were talking about the power meter and it going, uh, being in the golf for the first time, I was thinking like, the the power meter, if that was the first in golf, I mean, that's influential across like any game that you're setting we how play far that in the, something. The pony solitaire game. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> every tank game ever, right? You set the yeah. angle and you set the power that you're going to hit it with. Uh, I, I was just thinking like these mechanics are basically the same across all these games. It's just you're either like hitting it from the ground going up or you're shooting it down or, or whatever. It's distance and speed. Going back to, to, to NES golf, like that was, that was the way they had to do it because they had so few controls on the NES controller, you know, like earlier golf games, you look at something like an Intellivision and it had, uh, you know, it had, it had a number pad on the controller that you used in the golf game. Uh, so that's garbage. Like the, the, uh, having to really pare it down and simplify it because of the incredibly simple controller that the NES had actually ended up you know, opening up a a really great way of doing this that's persisted for years afterwards, even now that we've got probably more buttons on a modern controller than you'd have on that garbage and television controller. Yeah. And I thought, you know, for this game, you're making a lot of, you're asked to make a lot of relatively precise shots. Um, Obviously that is just what golf is, is making precise shots, but this is like a silly Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, uh, hitting it into a very specific circle out in the middle of the lake because you need to feed the fish, um, or or whatever, like all, a, a million random little specific things. And I thought that the controls were good enough to feel that you had to do it right, mm-hmm. but the margin for error was was big enough that you didn't have to do it perfectly. And and I thought that worked. Yeah. What I what I really like about this is that like it it never. It never really gets frustrating with it, though. Like, I've played a lot of golf games that have sort of varying levels of difficulty. This is a relatively easy golf game, which is probably reassuring for folks who are not into golf or golf games. It's relatively easy as compared to something like Rory McIlroy's PGA Tour or even Everybody's Golf. But that's really that's really a good thing. I'm glad that it was so easy, but also it definitely has times where 
you can really stretch those golf muscles. Like if you, uh, it's got a, in the story mode, it just progressively gets little by little more and more difficult. Um, but there's also a quick play mode where you can just sort of challenge yourself and try to get high scores on the various courses or rather low scores, excuse me. Um, it's, it's got the, the proper mechanics. It's pretty kind in certain ways. Like I think the putting in this is simplified to the point of being almost a little simpler than I like there. It's not even, it's, it's just a straight line every time. And you just don't overshoot and you're good. And those cups are like little vacuums. Like they're, it's, it's very, uh, it's very forgiving about like getting the ball in the hole during a putt. Um, but it's overall, it's like, this is a full golf game with like, serious golf game mechanics it's just a little on the easy side and you can hit the on your chip shots or whatever you can hit the flag mm-hmm. which is slam dunk yeah which is yeah it does uh, which is love slam always dunking. fun i don't yeah. care if it's tacky <laughs> it is extremely exciting like at some point i hit i like flew a ball in from like halfway down the course it hit the pole and fell in and it said i had a mega slam dunk birdie and i was like yes that's correct it's a mega slam that is dunk. that's an official golf term yes yeah that's what i was gonna say uh put it on the i board. don't know it's not as far as i know that's a real golf term i mean golf I does have ludicrous it. terms so it is you can take that to any golf tournament you go to Say, I, mean, I hope that he gets a mega slam dunk on this one. I do too. And I'm sure that somewhere in golf, there also is an electrically charged putter. So, yeah. So, don't crush my dreams, Nate. <laughs> don't crush my dreams. So, I do have some minor, I guess. So, I love this game. I think it's a fantastic game. It's, I think, would be an absolutely great first golf game for anyone who's not into golf games. But as a golf game, minor enthusiast. I do have a few nits to pick with its mechanics. So I hope you'll indulge me for a sec. Um, main one that really threw me off when I, uh, when I started playing it is the way that it depicts slope. I mentioned that I thought that the, uh, the, uh, putting was a little oversimplified. Every other golf game I've ever played has, when you get on the green, uh, depicted the slope of the green, by uh, by showing arrows on the th- on the surface of the green that point in the direction of the slope, um, so that you can see, okay, this slope slopes you know towards the center, or it's shaped like a dome, or it has a channel through the middle to give you a sense of the actual physical shape of the of the green. In Golf Story, it only gives you an arrow in the upper right corner of the screen to tell you like the slope is to the left or it's upwards or, you know, to the right or something like that. Um, and that doesn't, at first I thought that's way, I, I don't get it. Why isn't it telling me like, okay, but which part of the green is sloping left or which part of the green is sloping right? That was really frustrating at first until I realized that what it's actually doing is it's actually really simplified the slope. It does the the green doesn't have multiple different slopes. Every green has one single consistent slope. So on any given uh, on any given um, hole, the entire green slopes the same way by the same amount. I don't know whether I like that or not. Um, it actually. It makes made more sense to me after I realized that because it is sort of a simplification of things and it makes the putting a little easier. But I I still would have preferred a more standard kind of putting interface and like indication of the actual slope of everything. Um, 
did that bug you guys at all? I don't know. I'm sure that's sort of like a, a golf game nitpick. Uh, no, and, and so no. much so that I never even thought about that. But I will say, I, I think it's a, a choice. I, having played other golf games, like putting, you know, you spend all that time trying to get to the green, and then it could be super frustrating uh, from a golf perspective to like, you know, you miss a putt, then you miss a putt, then you miss a putt, and you just end up playing that like back and forth Short game where, game you, for- yeah. Oh, oh, I'm glad you said that this is the only we we have a titular game they say short game like a hundred times in this game yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but um i i think it's just like you know what let's not let putting be the frustration that it actually is and <laughs> let's make like the the difficulty of this game is getting to the green um but once you get there it's that's a good point and honestly in in any golf game the fun part is the long drives and nailing them Mm -hmm. just right and the the less fun part is like uh oh i just i just you know did a 300 yard drive and now i'm right next to the the hole and i miss it (laughs) like that's no fun they're more likely to put like crocodile next to the you know (laughs) the hole rather than like actually making it hard to putt they just try to put hazards everywhere yeah and i I think if i had figured out the actual like the actual reason that it was done that way like i swear to god i spent the entire like first several hours of the game trying to figure out is it is it showing that arrow in relation to where i'm standing or is that is that absolute direction is it talking about the slope of the green at the hole or at the side that i'm standing at like i I was like never thought about it once i literally never i was like tearing my hair out trying to figure out like and it didn't even occur to me that the green was a flat plane that was just tilted all in the same mm. direction. It just that ugh. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess I got a couple of other little like nits to pick that I could mention real quick. Um, one is that you can't. There's not a free camera mode. Um, so when so when you first get started with a with a hole, um, the camera pans to the hole and then it pans over the hole. Uh, you know, o- over the distance between you and the hole or the cup. And uh, that's it. You can't go back and look at that again. Now you kind of yeah. can because you've got you know it, it, the the camera follows wherever your you know, the point is that your your ball is intended to land, um, and then you've got a control with the right stick where you can see you can u- use that to see just the area around that. So you can go a little forward or a little back. But I was like, why can't I just detach from the camera and go look over the whole course again? There were yeah. period times when I got lost and I thought wait, is the hole that way or that way? And there was no way to check. And you really don't, there's so many different islands or different fairways and weird detached areas that Mm -hmm. I don't know which one is the right one to choose and I can't see the hole to know if it's correct. Yeah, I agree totally on this one. And so if you if you don't really watch during that initial sort of flyover of of the the hole, um, depends on the hole, but you might just be kind of boned. Um, so that yeah. really, really bugs me about this game. And I really wish they'd, they'd change that because they've got a control to control the camera. They use the right stick for that. It's just sort of on a leash and that leash is way too short. You can yeah, it's, um, press it's down you... on the stick. Uh, sorry. Yeah. You were just about to say, yeah, you can press down on the stick and it does, it like sort of increases the like height of your camera so you can see a little more. But even then it depends on where you are. You probably still can't see the hole from where you are. It, it just, that yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like they even... They even built it into it that there's a button that you can click to go into a more free mode camera. But even that is on a leash. So why not just let that when you click in the right stick, 
just make it the whole map. Yeah, that's that was a really puzzling decision. Um, I really wish that they would have changed that. But I mean, I once I knew that, and I knew that I really need to look at and memorize the layout of the course during mm-hmm. that initial flyover. Yeah, that frustrated me less once I kind of knew, okay, that's just part of what I've got to do as, as part of this game. Um, I guess apart from that, mostly the golf, the golf mechanics really worked for me. Um, uh, I, I found the precision mode a little confusing at first, but mainly again, just because I was overthinking it. I didn't know that that was a thing. It's not a thing in most of the golf games that I play. So what you're saying is you, you just didn't pay attention during the tutorial. Yes, that's exactly right. Because <laughs> they, they spend quite a amount of time like, hey, this is precision mode and this is how it works. Yeah, to me, that was the only way to, you know, precision mode, once I learned it existed, was the only way to go. But the only sticking point, no pun intended, was literally that the control stick when you're trying to like move them in a circle it kind of will like uh, it's a clock interface and you're kind of just moving the uh control around trying to aim but it's very very easy to hit too far and change your club up or down a level it's just constantly happening that you're trying yeah. to very slowly pivot you know you're trying to get the right placement and then suddenly your putter turns into uh you know a your driver very, a driver it's very very annoying and it's challenging later when they try to use the mechanic to control a car and my car just <laughs> ran into trees like 15 times. I was like, I'm just not going to try this car. A, a tip because, about that, Laura, because I had that same problem. And I realized yes. it was because when I'm using detached Joy-Cons, my hands naturally go at an angle, like pointing, say, like knuckles towards each other kind of. You know, they're not like parallel. And because I was doing that then my thumb would get confused about like what was up and what was left. I was using it handheld mode, so. Same. It's just, it's it's too close. Like It's too close. I think it's just. Yeah. And and so really, I think what would have been ideal is that the joystick, the left one is just for where you're hitting and then make one of the buttons somewhere. Up, down, switch. That's true. Change the club. I probably would have preferred that too. You're not changing the club that much. And if you are, it's a pretty quick decision to be like, it's oh, this up, is up, the up, club. down, down. This is the correct club. Yeah, and this then is you're the set. Club, instead yeah. of having it right in the thing that you're moving constantly. You're not mid swing and deciding to change your club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's just unrealistic. So something I found really surprising about the game is that although it is exclusively 2D, and we should talk about the art as well, but like it's an exclusively 2D art. Um, but it does seem to be doing some 3D stuff with the ball arc and with obstacles like trees. And you really notice that when you're doing that, like, let's say you've got it extended, uh, you've got like a, like a, a long drive set up and you're like rotating to see like where it's going to hit. Anytime your line of your, uh, of your, of your, uh, drive intersects an object like a tree, suddenly the camera snaps back to where that is. Um, it's a little disorienting, um, but it's uh, it, it is interesting because it kind of tells me that like I think they're actually do like it's a two D game, but I think they're actually doing some type of three D physics. They are doing height of objects because there is a mode. If you put X, you can actually like shift your the arc of the you're you're shifting where you're hitting the ball up and down, so you can actually arc the ball higher and lower. And so there definitely are heights of objects because I've hit rocks and bounced. I've hit the side of a tree and slowed down. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually more going on than you'd think. 
but the only way you could see it is by hitting it. The most surprising was that at one point I was doing one of the driving range things and I was trying to hit for for distance and my ball hit another ball that was already on the driving range and both of them went flying in opposite directions. And I was like, holy crap, this is a 2D game and it just did physics on my ball hitting another ball that was pretty convincing and also very frustrating because it screwed up my hit. But I was like, Wow, that's like, that's nuts. They're doing more physics, more, I think, actual 3D models physics than it really looks like uh, they're doing with this game. You can just barely tell if you look at that arc that the that it shows. If you look at that arc, it really does look like it's rendered in 3D. And then they're doing a little filter on it to make it look pixelated. I hit a pumpkin at one point and the ball seemingly bounced almost straight up in the air and it got quite large before it landed back down. So I I do think they are, um, if not doing full 3D rendering, they are trying to figure out height and showing height, um, which I was not expecting. And pretty convincingly. And they clearly spend some time on the ball bouncing off of things mechanics, not just for uh, the literally playing golf and how, you can play golf wherever, which we're, we'll talk about here momentarily. But also, you can, there's a button, it's Y, I think, that is literally just throw a ball. Uh, and later, you can actually charge up and throw the ball. So you your character has an endless amount of golf balls that you can just throw at anything whenever you want, as long as you want. Uh, <laughs> and so you can see what what's it look like when you bounce a ball off this guy? What's it look like when you throw one out into the lake? What's it look like when you throw one inside the pro shop off of like the golf cart? Whatever. Like you can just throw golf balls at anything and everything as much as you want. And I'd add to that, uh, you can also great. tee up anywhere, which means that literally anywhere, unless you're inside, I don't think you can do it in indoors in a, in a building, but anywhere where you're outdoors, you can set up a tee and hit a golf ball with the full regular golf mechanics, the same mechanics that you have on the course you can do anywhere and that's great because there's all sorts of little secrets scattered around all of these courses that you can only kind of find by hitting golf balls at things so you know maybe you'll spot like a a, like a hole a golf hole way off in the middle of nowhere that you can't access i wonder if i could hit a golf ball into that and i guarantee you you can and i guarantee you something would happen when you do it what happens if you hit all the washing machines on the driving range Mm. let's find out Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so full of little I'm just surprises. imagining, imagining in real life being like, I think that's a golf hole over there. <laughs> Let me just drop a ball and find out. Let me see if I can find out if that's a golf hole. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love the tee. That's, that's what they put in sort of like the, the tagline of the game is like tee up anywhere. And yeah. I, I love that. That like as a, as a concept for a golf game, the idea that like this is a golf game where you can tee up anywhere. That's great. That's just, that's yeah. a great pitch and it 100% executes that. You can tee up anywhere. Yeah, there's like little switches and stuff that you might see that you can hit that opens up things. There's little vortexes just in the ground that you can hit into for more experience, which we haven't really talked about the RPG element of it yet. Um, but like, there's a lot of things you can do to earn experience or earn money. And a lot of them are by teeing up anywhere and just seeing what you can do. Uh, and and so I, I really liked the RPG element as far as like the leveling up goes. Uh, it's simple. 
Um, it's what you'd expect from something like this. But basically, as you earn money, you get experience. And that experience allows you to level up and put more points into golf stats. So, like, power, accuracy, spin rate, things like that. Yeah. Um, I put most of my money or most of my points into power every time because that seemed to be the most worthwhile to me. But What's really interesting about it, though, is that it's a balance. If you put if you put points into um, into other things other than power, it deducts from your power. So you're constantly adding, you know, you're constantly, as you level up, you're getting more points that you can spread across things, but it's a bit of a balancing act. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to put one point into each thing. Um, it's a balance between power, which is sort of your master stat and everything else, which when you put points into it, deducts a bit from power. Yeah, I guess. Cause as you're getting more, you're reducing your spin rate or whatever you're adding, like more finesse, yeah. So you can't just like swing as hard as you can. Yeah. And as you level up, of course, you know, you've got like a, a larger pool of total points. And so you're able to level up everything. Um, but my, my usual approach was like, each time you level up, you get like five points. Um, I, I'd kind of balance it by, by like every other time I'd like put things, put points into, into the sort of four or five main, uh, like non power stats. And then every other level up, I would level up power or you could kind of do some mix and match type of thing. Yeah, I think I was I would do power until my stats looked wonky and then go down and fix my stats. Like it would just be power, power, power. Oh no, I've broken things. <laughs> I oh, would go funny. and I'd run down and fix the things I've broken. That's a good approach. I, I really actually liked the the stats screen in this game because um a lot of golf games, like even the Mario Golf games, will have a, a stat like um control or something like that. And that's okay i kind of know what that means but i don't really this game it doesn't like i don't have a stat screen in front of me and i don't recall the details exactly at the moment but like it would have a stat like spin for example and then just below the stat bar it would tell you what that point that you're at on the spin meter actually means so it would be something like uh you know plus two degrees of spin and then if you put points into power, you would see that maybe to go down to plus one degree of spin. So you have a real yeah. sense of, or at least a little slightly better sense of what these stats actually mean in terms of your actual golf game. Yeah, I think another one was ac- it would reduce your accuracy. Yeah, and it measures so that in like, yards or something, right? Yeah, it'd be, uh, it was like how much you were inaccurate. So, you know, you could make yourself way more accurate, which was, of course, very valuable in a golf game. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the way the game looks and plays. I mean, I, I think we mentioned at the start that it's got a sort of pixel art style. Um, what was your impression of the art? Adequate, I think. <laughs> I At one point, it was very hard for me to tell what a baby turtle was supposed to look like. Um, I yes. did not recognize those as turtles. So that's the only time I have problems with the art style in an RPG is when I cannot figure out the puzzle i had to google what does baby turtle look like golf story because i didn't want a spoiler i just wanted an image of the baby turtle so yeah and i got it one by accident basically i was like oh what's this thing and i was like oh sweet found the baby turtle um i yeah it's cute most of the time it's simple most of the time um some of the sprites are pretty uh funny and adorable the different characters um I don't know. I thought it got the job done. It wasn't, it's not like the best looking game. Yeah. It's definitely not ugly. I think I got to go with adequate as a good description description of it as well. Uh, Laura, thank you for that word. Um, it's fine. 
the the art is a clear imitation of a sort of SNES-ish kind of style, sort of like imagine like SNES Plus. But there's a few things about it that just sort of rub me the wrong way. Um, one is that there are a lot of things that aren't in the same style. So um, something that always kind of bugs me with uh, with pixel art games is if they have pixel art at different scales, you know, one thing might have pixels that are X amount of size and then another object might have much smaller or larger pixels and they're not on any sort of consistent grid that just sort of draws attention to itself for me. And it sort of, uh, it detracts from the sort of pixel art aesthetic, but also, uh, it does sprite rotation in a way that really stands out as looking kind of bad to me. Like, um, when, when things rotate, so a good example of this would be if a tree is swaying in the breeze, and these are golf courses, there are lots of trees swaying in the breeze. Um, it, it, it do, it, first of all, it doesn't stay on the same consistent grid as everything else. And also, it, it, it just looks kind of cheap, like they've put a, a higher resolution version of their art asset for the tree through some kind of a filter as it sways. So it doesn't look like they've created, for example, an animation of a tree swaying using a pixel art style. It looks like they created a pixel art image of a tree and then made it sway with, you know, animation in the game and then applied some kind of filter on top of that so that it would try to stay pixel arty looking. It just looks weird Mm. and kind of cheap. It's kind of cheap looking pixel art. Um, So I'm not a huge Mm. fan of the pixel art. The other thing about it is that they have a lot of elements in the game that aren't pixel art. For example, all of the text in the game is in a sort of comic sansy font that's much higher resolution than the backgrounds and doesn't isn't pixel art at all. It's just a uh, it's just it's like a high resolution but not particularly attractive font. Um, I, I thought and the UI same same story. Some of the UI is in a sort of pixel style, but most of it is in a sort of a high res style that didn't mesh for me with the rest of the art style. So I'm not a fan of the look of this game really much at all. I I think the game plays beautifully and occasionally the sprites are really cute and funny, but just overall, I think the visuals on this game are adequate, but not great. And I think it might've turned some people away who otherwise would have tried this game out and liked it a lot. I don't mean to be too negative. This game is rad, but the art style is kind of kind yeah. Of, kind no, of I think those are all fair criticisms. We talk a lot about when games are beautiful, and we cover a lot of beautiful games on this show. And I think it's fair to say sometimes when a game isn't beautiful, you know, it gets the job done. Um, and I don't think this game markets itself as a beautiful game. That's not what it was trying to accomplish. I think they put their focus on uh, silliness and and fun. Um, but it's the truth. It's just, it, it looks fine. Yeah. And it I is think that's- whimsical as hell. And they've got a lot of, they had to clearly make a lot of art to make this game happen. Like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there are pixel art skeletons. There are pixel art crabs. There are pixel art whales. There are name, all, name, all of them. Keep going there. There's a lot of pixel art in this game. And so it's understandable that maybe not every single sprite is the best. But like, God, those trees don't look good, guys. And there's a lot of trees. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't. You know, I, I agree with you in hindsight. And I know when I was playing it, I thought like this game isn't the prettiest game, but it's not something that ever got in the way of the game for me, except for 
that baby turtles don't look like baby turtles. For the most part, I was more focused on whatever silly objective I was trying to do or nailing the shot True. or whatever. Like the, the, the screen definitely told me what I needed to be doing and what I was doing at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. The um, only two times the art took me out were baby turtles. And uh, when you're digging up stuff, no matter what you dug up, the soil you flung in the air was brown. <laughs> I was like, I'm digging in the snow, guys. Just replace it with white. Um, but I was like, I don't really care. This is like a two-second thing in a giant game. It is It is giant. For yeah. us. For us, I mean, like, it feels giant because golf games feel small to me. They feel like a course, and you go from course to course to course to course. I was not expecting the amount of variety and weird mini games. I mean, there's a part where you play basically Pac-Man in this game where you're collecting golf balls. Why was that there? I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. Love that kind of stuff. Um, And while we're on the topic of like the art style of the game, I guess the one other thing I'd say is that I, uh, it wasn't uh, offensively bad, but I wasn't that into the music in this game either. They went for a kind of a, I guess mostly jazz score. Um, it mostly plays like, you know, like somebody made a score in a synthesizer trying to imitate a jazz style. It's mostly fine, but I preferred to play this game with the music turned down or off because it just didn't really do much for me. Now, the the yeah. general sound effects, on the other hand, are fantastic. It's got great little sound effects for golf balls hitting every possible surface in the game. Like everything has a practically anything you can hit with your golf ball has a sound effect. That's like, okay, that's a good sound effect for that. Yeah. That's, that's what it would sound like when I hit a crab with a golf ball. Sure. Okay. Got it. And, uh, and it's also got great HD rumble, like really, really good use of the HD rumble in the joy cons, which, um, which means that even if you're playing with the sound entirely off, you get that aspect of it, that kind of like tactile, like thunk when your golf ball Mm -hmm. hits something that I just loved about it. So Sound design-wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Not a huge fan of the score, but everything else about the sound design is good. Yeah, there you know there are some games that you you'll put on headphones in and you'll focus, and there's some games where it's like kind of okay to be listening to a podcast or something while you play. Yeah, Um, and I think that this is one of those, (laughs) or a conference call, or what you say, talking to your mom. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully, your mom doesn't listen to the show. She does. I take that back. I hope your mom does listen to the show. Hi, Gail. uh, Hi, Gail. Um, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I was 100% focused on our call. Yeah. Also, I shot 600 par. (laughs) I think she'd be proud of you. She should be. Uh, Listeners, if your parents don't listen to our show, tell them about it. I'm sure they'd love to know. Yeah. Maybe they like golf. (laughs) So. I was really glad we got a chance to talk about this game. I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't completed it yet because, like we said, it's a little on the longer side from what we usually cover on this show. And I will complete this game. In fact, I plan to go back to it a lot. But that's sort of how I do with golf games. I'll be going back to this every now and then, an hour or so at a time for a long time. Uh, It's a really, really fantastic game. goofy silly wonderful golf game that i think would appeal to anybody even if you're not the sort of person who thinks that they like golf games so i absolutely recommend giving it a try it is 15 dollars or 14.99 on the eShop for the nintendo switch at least at this point it is a nintendo switch exclusive um they're they sort of 
they have they have been pretty firm on Twitter about saying that this was not going to other platforms, at least not for a while. So um, if you don't own a Nintendo Switch, uh, well, why? Get on it. But uh, if you don't own a Nintendo Switch, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you do, I think... Also, I'm impressed you got this far. Yeah. <laughs> why? Are, yeah. Uh, but I am... I think this might be my favorite indie game on the Switch. Celeste? <laughs> oh, crap. You're right. Celeste is better. Okay, second favorite indie game on the Switch. But the Celeste is, is available on other stuff, so that gives this points for sure. So before we wrap up, uh, we've been doing a, a, a segment here at the end that we've been calling What's Making You Happy This Week. We, we stole this segment whole hog from Pop Culture Happy Hour and others. Uh, Laura, what's making you happy this week? Well, I... On a whim, installed a Chrome extension called tabbycats.club. And whenever I open a new tab, there is a auto-generated cat with a funny name. Some of the cats like being pet. Some of the cats do not. I just opened up. Uh, it's kind of like you know, a very safe for work chat roulette. Um, nice. <laughs> I opened up four tabs and the cats I got were Daddy Psychic. Infinite Pocky, who's wearing 3D glasses and likes being pet. Of course. Flubby Beggar and Schmoopy Tubs, who's hmm. fat. Schmoopy Tubs. Schmoopy Tubs. So I found out about this extension because um, the person who coded it works with the uh, Girls Who Code. So someone tweeted it. Apparently, it's been around since 2016 and has like 200,000 <laughs> installs. Wow. But you wow. just, whenever you open a new tab, there's a different background color, a cat, and a name. And uh, apparently, if I keep having this installed, they will bring me things that they can wear. And maybe <laughs> some of them will have kittens. I've already gotten some evil cats. Ooh. Um, I One time I opened it, and it was all black, and it was like a cat in space. And I've also opened a tab and had a very tiny one that was called... Uh, Tiny Voldemort. <laughs> and also I got Petite Zipper. I don't know. Like, I usually open a new tab because I'm trying to get something done or because I'm anxious or aimless and want to just move around and keep running around the internet. And it's been nice to have something. It's not productive. Like, so many tab extensions are like, get a new inspirational quote in your tab. No, <laughs> I just want to see a stupid, dumb cat. For a buck, I could also change that cat to a dog or a penguin or a bear cub. It's an awesome way to monetize. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. For now, I'm just happy with these little cats. Maybe eventually I'll get a classic doggo, a squishy seal, a chicken burb, or a little doggo. <laughs> mm, sounds great. We'll see. But I'll have a link to that in the show notes. They probably deserve my dollar. Yeah, I, I also included a link uh, to the post where the developer talked about, you know, the the story behind it and how many people are using it. Apparently, most people open tabs nine to five at their work, from what she can tell. Mm. So she thinks a lot of it's people who are just trying to have a little delight in their day. But I highly recommend Tabby Cats. I'm not even a cat person. I'm just amused <laughs> by dumb names. Short game brought to you by tabby cats hey it's a free extension <laughs> I, I 
already have a hard time staying focused at work and I opened a ton of new tabs at work. Like my job requires me to open up a new tab like every five minutes. And I think it would just this derail. Would be death. <laughs> it would be <laughs> devastating to my output. <laughs> Could be like, ah, oh, infinite pocky. And I'd be like, yes, please answer my customer service question. <laughs> Nate, what is making uh, you happy this week? Well, Reagan, I do a uh, a vegetable garden every year, and I gotta tell you, it's going great this year, and it's making me happy. Uh, I have had a lot of different outcomes, <laughs> I'll call it that, for uh, for my uh, vegetable garden, and you know, knock on wood, but so far, it no no rabbits have demolished it. I built a fence. Um, it's going great. So come back to me in like three months. We'll do Nate's garden corner. And I'll tell you all about the big salads that I'm making and the salsas that I'm making. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be great. So that's making me happy. Well, so far, this is dreadfully wholesome. Are you going to keep the train going, Reagan? Or are you going to break it with something dark and devious? Uh, mine's pretty boring. The thing that's making me happiest this week is uh, we got a new used car. It is a 2017 Subaru Impreza. And I really like it. It's it's much better than my older car that was slower and boxier and lamer. Mm-hmm. And this car has CarPlay, which means that when I'm listening to podcasts, I could just plug my phone in and I get a nice little podcast screen right there on the car thing. CarPlay is awesome, guys. If you if you are getting a car, try to get it with CarPlay. It's really neat. Short game brought to you by CarPlay. Apple is sponsoring our show this week, please. And also Subaru. Thank you, guys. Um, but that's, hey, you're in Colorado now. You have to have a Subaru, right? It's required. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, so we the reason that we went out and got this was that um, over the winter, uh, Jamie's family came up and we all went skiing and we rented a uh, a cabin. And I had a, I, I thought I was doing just fine uh, with our old uh, Kia. We made it all the way to the cabin just fine. And then the driveway was covered in snow and I tried to drive the Kia up the driveway and it would not go like I, I got 99.999% of the way there, but I could not park my car because, because of the snow. <laughs> and it was at that point, I was would like, you just put, shove it back down the mountain. You're like, <laughs> we, uh, we put chains on it. I had, to, I had to get out in the freezing cold and put chains on the tires in order to go five feet up a driveway. <laughs> so it sucked. So I'm I needed a car with four wheel drive. Uh, very glad to have one now and it's making me happy even though it's not it's not snowy or cold at the moment but i'm really i'm really glad we got that new car it's very exciting so that's what's making me happy this week uh listeners if anything's making you happy this week i hope it's a short game and you could tell us about it uh if you have so this is the first time we've covered a a switch game in a while and i want to play more games on the nintendo switch there's a ton of good games uh, on Switch, uh, but most of them are either longer or they're these indie things that are flying a little below my usual radar and I don't know them well enough to really decide whether I want to cover them on the show. Uh, listeners, if you've tried any games on the Switch in particular that you think might be a fit for the short game, games that are under 10 hours and you thought were cool, uh, let us know about them. We're really looking for that stuff right now and we want to hear from you. And the best way to let us know would be to go to uh, www.theshortgame.net and you'll find a contact form there and you can leave us a note. Uh, you can also find leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we do read every single one of those. 
So that's just, you know, go on iTunes or on the podcast app on your phone. Leave us a review. We really find that helpful and it warms our terrible little hearts. Yes. Yes, it does. And I want to take a moment to shout out Ardeus Abe for this person's fantastic uh, and very, very nice review of our show on iTunes. So thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, you can find me on the internet at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. You can find our show on Twitter at uh, underscore short game. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at Nate STL. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>